Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. As lockdown drags on, people are starting to feel its impact. This could be as mild as an endless sense of Groundhog Day or as severe as deep frustration, depression or anxiety. But most of us as parents are keeping a concerned eye on our kids, particularly the very little ones, the ones who can't really tell us how they're feeling. Dan Moss is from Emerging Minds, an organisation that champions the mental health of our youngest Australians. Hi, Dan. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me, Siobhan. So many parents might think that young kids don't really know what's going on with the pandemic. And whilst I might say I'd probably agree with them when it comes to two-year-olds, um, I'm just wondering if the if children who are around three, four, five, that age group, are they likely to be impacted by the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what we know categorically is that young children are affected by what's going on in the lives of their parents. And I think um, as parents, we would all know, depending on how um, significantly we've been affected by the pandemic, that this has caused changes in us in terms of uh, how stressed we are, what we're preoccupied, what we're worried about. Um, And, you know, as human beings, this obviously is going to have a an effect on how present we're able to be with our children, how we carry our stress um, and how we are at, um, at home. I did mention with those smaller children, they might not be able to articulate how they're feeling. Like an older kid might be able to say, I miss my friends, I'm worried about what's going on with this lockdown. Um, For those children who developmentally may not be that articulate, are there any signs they might show that they're not coping or they're not just, they're just not feeling great? Yeah, I mean, from... uh birth, children, uh, infants are really communicating with us uh, in many different ways. And interestingly, um, there was a uh, Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne poll, which was conducted in 2017, which really talked about the challenges that lots of um, us have as parents in being able to understand how our children are communicating their social and emotional well-being. So interestingly, for example, within that poll, only 35% of parents said that they could confidently recognise um, the signs of uh, social and emotional well-being stress in their children. Only a third, for example, said that they, they might not be able to recognise when children are persistently sad or uh, upset about something. Um, and that's not um, being negative about parents. That's just, I think, that this concept of infant well-being and infant mental health is, is something that's quite new to us. Um, and you throw in a pandemic within that, and parents are really trying to do the right thing by their their infants. But it's really hard. It's really difficult for for us to be able to discern um, how things are affecting our infants. So I know in previous conversations I've had with experts about behaviour with children, one of the messages that keeps coming back to me is that 
if a child's having a tantrum or if they're having a meltdown, they're always trying to communicate something. There's an underlying worry or frustration or something that's going on for them that's not just about them being a pain in the butt. And I can imagine that there are a lot of parents in lockdown now with children that they're trying to either homeschool or keep busy and they might be seeing that kind of behaviour in children. Um, Would you expect that those sorts of behavioural issues would be happening more now? Absolutely. You'd expect that, wouldn't you? I mean, uh, what we know that we have is an increased amount of stress. We have less choice. We have less parenting support. We have less avenues for children to enjoy the things that they normally enjoy or parents to enjoy the the social um, or service supports that they normally enjoy, particularly where parents are homeschooling children because they're not allowed to go to school. Um, And so, yeah, I think you're dead right that um, in these instances that children's behaviour, whatever that might be, being withdrawn or upset or being, um, you know, um, having tantrums or, or showing anger, this is all communication to us. This is all communication to adults in their lives that things aren't kind of going the way that they would like them to at the moment. And um, when parents are stressed themselves, this can be um, hard to see. I know as a parent, it's very easy to start um, predicting why your child is doing something. They're doing something just to be annoying or they're doing something because uh, to demand attention. Um, and it's only really often um, when we can step back and engage in some, some regulation ourselves that we understand that our very young children doing stuff because they're wanting to let us know that um, things aren't all well with them. And that, I mean, it's so interesting you say that because I think before you have children, we have an understanding of communication that is more or less straightforward, not always between couples, but, (laughs) you know, there's always this understanding that you can tell when someone's upset because they'll be angry or they'll tell you that they're upset. Whereas children can sometimes seem to act out in ways that you just don't connect with them trying to tell you something. So if it's crying about, you know, losing a game where they normally wouldn't cry about losing a game or other things I've heard anecdotally during this period are children who find it very hard to go to sleep at night or those that are waking up with nightmares I'm just wondering if you notice those kinds of behaviours in your kids that are maybe a bit more extreme than they were pre-pandemic or pre-lockdown, how do we address that with kids? Because we already know that they can't find the words to tell us how they're feeling because of their behaviour. So how do we help them get back on more solid ground, I guess? Lots of the research that we're involved in at Emerging Minds will really point to the fact that even with really young children, we need as parents to be as upfront with them as possible. And that doesn't mean telling them things that are going to upset them or give them nightmares, but it means really taking the time to consider and where possible to communicate um, what's going on at the moment. For example, um, if a child is, is uh, verbal, we might be able to have a conversation with them about why they aren't going to school and what might be worrying them about that, what might be causing them stress, but also as a parent, what might be uh, 
what might be causing stress for yourself and for your family. And then thinking about ways, either through uh, verbal communication or through games and activities, that you might be able to reassure, reassure your child that you're making plans and that you can make plans with your child to um, do the best that you possibly can in the situation that is at hand. Now, that might be through routines, that might be through activities that you are able to um, uh, extend to your child, it might be through conversations that you have um, around COVID specifically. But certainly what we're hearing is that where we try to shield our children from issues completely can have the opposite effect of protecting them and it can make them feel even more anxious and more a lack of understanding of what's going on and why things are different to what they were a couple of months ago. So looking ahead to the future, do you think that children will be able to integrate back into daycare or school you know, are they going to be rushing back to go to school, very excited, and everything will be pretty much normal after a week? Or do you think they're going to need more support? Yeah, lots of this is really unknown, isn't it? Because as a society, it's the first time we're going through this. So I think that's really important to, to remember that no one is quite the expert on this. And we don't expect parents or children to be. But I think we could make some guesses to say that children will become a bit more used to their new routine of staying home. Um, so we're going to really need a considered approach and we're going to have to be very understanding that, again, um, children may be using behaviour as communication uh, when they re-enter the world of childcare or school. I think that there's going to be lots of things that we can do to have conversations with our children about what's going to happen when they go back to childcare. We might be able to talk to the childcare providers ourselves. And we might even be able to send children back um, steadily to build up to a higher frequency. Um, for example, you know, a day, then a couple of days per week, then three days per week, so that we can help support a transition for children which feels for them safe, which feels um, supported, and it also allows them to communicate to us throughout that period how they're feeling and what might be making them anxious. Um, speaking of anxiety, there are definitely some kids who um, are very keen to go back to school and just want to be around their friends and develop that routine or whether it's at school or daycare. And then there are the children who in lockdown might have been a bit more sensitive and even pre-lockdown, you know, as a parent that they're a little bit more anxious and that you know they're going to have a have trouble going back to school like those anxious kids do you have any advice for parents who have children that they know already are not going to want to go back to school yeah this is uh, we know this don't we that this is really worrying a lot of parents they've seen their children through isolation withdraw to an extent where, where this is quite worrying for them um, again as much as possible particularly those school-aged children how as a parent can you engage in a conversation so that you can understand exactly what it is that is worrying a child, particularly um, if it's something that you might not know. You might assume that your child is worrying about something completely different to the precise thing that's actually making them anxious. So any time that you can incorporate these conversations or this communication for pre-verbal children into your daily routine, 
that's a really wonderful thing to do. And again, we know that at this time that parents can be stressed and that, that it's a really difficult time. But being able to provide that routine for children just gives them the cue that this is a particular time. It might be just before bed. It might be at meal time. That this is the cue. This is their opportunity to communicate with you in whatever way they do little things that might be worrying them about what's going to happen in the future. And then once you know as a parent that, you're in a much better place to be able to plan for them, mitigating strategies to help them feel more hopeful and optimistic about their new circumstance. So finally, uh, what would be your top tips for parents with small children in lockdown? What can we do to keep them as mentally healthy as possible? Lots of this uh, in what we hear and what we've seen um, really comes down to being able to maintain a routine. Now, obviously, it's a different routine in lockdown than it was previously. There are less options available to us. But there have been some really inspiring things, you know, that parents have been able to do to keep routine alive in their children's life. Uh, One parent I know uh, had a lucky dip bowl for every time their child told them they were bored, that they had to pull out of the lucky dip and there would be a routine or activity within that lucky dip. It might be cooking, it might be a treasure hunt, it might be making a puzzle. But whatever it was, it meant that that child knew that there was a mechanism for whenever they were feeling bored or anxious to be able to pull something out of a bowl and for... Um, to be able to have a supportive um, activity from their parent. So anything that we can do to do that and to keep communication alive for our children and to give them routines to look forward to, I think, and we think is a a really um, very good thing to be able to do. Dan, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Sharon. That's Dan Moss from Emerging Minds. And for more information on Emerging Minds and the work they do, check out the links in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.